Turkish Odyssey. Discover Istanbul and Turkey with Sheriff Yenen. Hello everyone. In this first episode, I would like to give you the basics and an orientation about Turkey. First of all, where is Turkey located? Well, it's located at the meeting point of three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa. So the land of Turkey has always been a bridge between East and West, North and South. It has always drawn the attention of many great civilizations. It has been crossroads of civilizations. Throughout history, more than 30 civilizations have chosen the land of Turkey as their homeland. There is such a rich cultural heritage on this land. If we look at the map of Turkey, we see that it is rectangular in shape and it is a peninsula because it is surrounded by seas in three sides. We have the Black Sea in the north, the Aegean in the west, and the Mediterranean in the south. Between the Black Sea in the north and the Aegean in the west, there is a small sea, an inner sea, which is named as the Marmara Sea. So the Marmara Sea is connected to the Black Sea with a natural waterway, a strait, that is the Bosphorus. The same Marmara Sea is connected to the Aegean with another natural waterway, and that's the Dardanelles. During the First World War, the famous Gallipoli campaign took place in the Dardanelles. It was such an important point in the First World War. The land of Turkey lies in both Europe and Asia. 3% is in Europe and 97% is in Asia. And the borderline between Europe and Asia passes through the Marmara Sea and the two straits, the Bosphorus and the Dardanelles. Above this line, in the northwest of Turkey, there's a small land which is called as Trace, and that is the European part of Turkey. And the Asian side of Turkey is 97%, and it is the peninsula, and that part throughout history has been named as Anatolia or Asia Minor. It was the Greeks in the West who named this land as Anatolia because in the ancient Greek language, Anatolia means the land of sunrise. So from their perspective, the sun rose from the East, from these lands. It was also named as Asia Minor. You know, this peninsula lies in the westernmost point of Asia, carrying almost all of the characteristics of the continent of Asia. That's why it was named as Little Asia or Asia Minor. Istanbul is located on the two sides of the Bosphorus Strait, connecting the Black Sea and the Sea of Marmara. One side of the city is Europe and the other side is Asia. In this case, Istanbul becomes the only metropolitan city in the world which is located on two different continents. Size-wise, we can say that Turkey is a large country. From one end in the west to the other end in the east, it is approximately 1,600 kilometers. 
or 1,000 miles. By flight, it would be approximately two hours or a little longer than that. To give you a comparison from the US, we could say Turkey is about 20% larger than the state of Texas in the United States of America. What does Turkey mean? It means the land of Turks. Actually, Turks are not from this land. They came to this land much later. They came from Central Asia. Turks were nomadic tribal warriors. In their belief system, they were shamanistic, fire worshippers, nature worshippers. Before they entered into Anatolia, they had accepted Islam. From the 11th century onwards, Turks continued obtaining lands in Anatolia. Then they established the Ottoman Empire, which would last for more than six centuries. Turkey has a lot of neighbors. Two of these neighbors are in Europe, and they are Greece and Bulgaria. In the east, there are three more, Georgia, Armenia, and Iran, and two more neighbors in the southeast, Iraq and Syria. As for geography, the highest mountain in Turkey is Mount Ararat, near the Armenian and the Iranian borders. It is more than 5,000 meters high, more than 16,000 feet, and it is the place where Noah's Ark is believed to have landed after the flood. So it is a biblical mountain. Other than that, we have two more rivers, which are also mentioned in the Bible. They are the Euphrates and the Tigris. These two rivers originate from the high mountains of Eastern Anatolia. Euphrates goes down to Syria and the Tigris goes down to Iraq. After a certain point, these two rivers merge and flow together. So it empties into the Persian Gulf. The land in between these two rivers throughout history has been named as Mesopotamia. So this is also an ancient Greek word meaning between the two rivers. And the upper Mesopotamian land lies in southeastern part of Turkey today. The largest lake in Turkey is Lake Van, and it is in the eastern part of the country, closer to the Iranian border. It's a volcanic area, and the water of the lake is bitter water, and it is almost like a sea. You cannot see the other side from one side. It is a large lake. The second largest lake is in central Anatolia, and that is near Cappadocia. It is named as Lake Tuz. Tuz means salt in Turkish, so actually it's a salt lake. 33% of the water is salt, and almost half of the salt that we use in Turkey comes from this lake. It is very shallow, but large. The largest city in Turkey is Istanbul. Formerly called Constantinople, Istanbul was the capital for three great empires. First, the Roman Empire. It was Constantine the Great who declared this little town to be the new capital for the Roman Empire, and this happened in the year 330 AD. It was first named as Nea Roma, the New Rome, and later on, the city was named after the emperor's name, Constantinopolis, the city of Constantine. 
The Roman Empire was later divided into two, and that was towards the end of the 4th century AD, the Eastern and Western Roman Empires, and Constantinople continued to be the capital for the Eastern Roman Empire. The Eastern Roman Empire was later on called the Byzantine Empire. Ottomans captured Constantinople in the middle of the 15th century and declared it to be the capital for the Ottoman Empire. So Istanbul was becoming a capital for the third time. In 1923, our founding leader Atatürk, Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, founded a new secular republic, the Republic of Turkey. He then moved the capital from Istanbul to Ankara. He believed that the capital of a country should be centrally located, not on the side. Since then, Istanbul has not been the official capital anymore, but still the largest city with a population of almost 17 million. On the other hand, we have to admit Istanbul is the cultural and financial capital still. Ankara is the official capital and it is the second largest city with about 5 million people. It's located in central Turkey. The third largest city is Izmir on the Aegean coast in the west. It has a population of four and a half million. So the total population of Turkey is about 81 million. How to visit Turkey? Well, Turkey is a very large country and it is impossible to cover the whole country in one visit. It takes weeks. So if you are planning to visit Turkey for the first time, you have to make your choice according to your priorities. I will suggest that you start with a visit to Istanbul first. There is so much to see in Istanbul and you would need weeks to comprehensively cover Istanbul. But on the other hand, to summarize a few things, I will say highlights in Istanbul the major sites which you shouldn't miss, of course, can be listed like Hagia Sophia, the Topkapı Palace, the Blue Mosque, and the Suleymaniye Mosque, the Grand Bazaar, the Spice Bazaar, a Bosphorus cruise on the water between two continents, which is a unique experience. So you can do these highlights in about three days. But if you like to add more places, you need to stay longer. The longer, the better. So other than the highlights, we have many other palaces. We have many other museums, like modern art museums, like calligraphy museums, depending on your interest levels. You can find a big variety of museums in Istanbul. More masks are available. There are more than 3,500 masks but some of them are really the historical ones and they date back to the Ottoman period uh, and they are about a few hundred years old approximately. Other than that, of course, you have to see the Asian side, you have to see the Taksim area. There is a newly growing area which is named as the Balat neighborhood. You can have some food experiences, street food walks, you can walk along the Byzantine walls. So there is a lot to do. 
depending on the number of days that you have, you can add like three, four days more to the first three days for the highlights. As for hotels, you have a few options. You can stay right in the old city. This way, you're going to be close to the highlights. From a nearby hotel, you can walk to the Topkapı Palace, you can walk to the Hagia Sophia and go to the Blue Mosque and so on. But the old city is not the area in which the local people live. It is a tourist area. Yes, there are lots of places there, but most of them are for visitors. So it is not the place where the locals are. But if you like a more local area, you can try some Taksim area or Nishantashi area or the areas along the Bosphorus. So these are going to be comparatively modern parts of Istanbul and you're going to see more locals around. In this case, going to the old city is going to be a challenge, depending on the traffic, of course. So after covering Istanbul, the other sites which you might like to visit outside of Istanbul will be Cappadocia, which is like a wonderland. You know, we describe Cappadocia as an outdoor museum shaped by nature, fairy chimneys, underground cities, rock-cut churches with frescoes on the walls, depicting scenes from the Bible, and hot air balloon rides. Cappadocia is really, really a unique place, and you would need approximately three full days, two and a half, three full days in Cappadocia. Some of the hotels in Cappadocia are cave hotels, and they have the luxury of jacuzzis and all kinds of facilities in these cave hotels. It is such a unique and such an interesting feeling. On the way to Cappadocia from Istanbul is Ankara. And Ankara has one of the most wonderful museums in the world. It is called as the Museum of Anatolian Civilizations. It is an old Ottoman building. It is not a big museum like the Metropolitan or the Louvre or the British. It is a very small museum, but very compact. Almost all of the Anatolian civilizations, I mean, artifacts related to the Anatolian civilizations are available there, starting with the Paleolithic ages, continuing with the Neolithic, the Chalcolithic, the Bronze, the Iron Age, the Hatti people, the Hittites, the Urartians, the Phrygians, the Lydians, they are all there. So it is highly recommended. So Ankara can be visited on the way with maybe one night stay, or you can just skip the overnight and continue to Cappadocia as well. From Cappadocia, if you head towards Ephesus to the west, we have two more stops on our way. One is Konya, and Konya is the city of the whirling dervishes, and Rumi, the founding leader of this sect, he lived in Konya, and he was buried there, And in his burial place, there is a museum, Whirling Dervish Museum, and it is a very unusual, very interesting museum there. So Konya can be a place to spend one night, or you can do it on the way. And the next stop is going to be Pamukkale. Pamuk is cotton. Kale is a castle. Pamukkale is a cotton castle. 
This is also one of the very unusual formations, natural formations in Turkey. There are hot springs, thermal water, which has been running down for thousands of years. And the calcium salts in the water, when they saturate, they give the white color to the places where the water has been running down. So interesting looking stalactite formations with the thermal pools right behind are available there. And it is next to the ancient city of Hierapolis, Aphrodisias and Laodicea. So this place is all by itself a destination. You could easily spend one or two days there. And it is on the way from Konya to Ephesus. Then Ephesus is a highlight. It is on the western coast of Turkey, one of the most important ancient cities in the world. And almost 10-15% of the ancient city has been excavated so far. But still, there is so much to see. I mean, ancient theaters, libraries, marble roads, temples, they are all available there. Ephesus is very popular for cruise ship passengers calling it the nearby port city, Kushadasi. So that's why Ephesus is always packed with visitors every day, depending on the number of cruise ships coming today. And other than that, Ephesus, together with the Virgin Mary's house and the ruins of the Artemis temple, which was once upon a time one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and the Basilica of Apostle John, and the Ephesus Museum in the modern town of Selçuk are the places to visit there. So a little farther up from Ephesus, like one hour drive, is the third largest city, Izmir. And the ancient name of Izmir was Simirna. And one hour drive inland from Izmir is the ancient city of Sardis. Once upon a time, it was the capital for the Lydian civilization. And in the seventh century BC, the Lydians became the earliest people to mint the first coins in history. Like one, one and a half hour drive to the north from Izmir is Pergamon. Pergamon is also a very unique ancient site with the Acropolis, with the Asclepion, the healing center, and a small local museum of Pergamon in the modern town of Bergama today. A few hour of drive, to the north from Pergamon is the ancient city of Troy. So as far as I have noticed, many people in the world would think that Troy is located in Greece. Actually, Troy is located just near the Dardanelles. And it has become such a beautiful ancient city with lots of archaeological digs in the past 20, 30 years. And there's a recently built modern Trojan Museum next to the ancient site, which makes it more valuable. And from there, with another drive for about four hours or so, you can go back to Istanbul. And in the area of Troy, you can also visit the battlefields from the Gallipoli campaign in the First World War. So covering all this, you can make a round trip, like a circle, starting from Istanbul, flying or driving to Ankara, and then Cappadocia, passing through Konya, Pamukkale, Aphrodisias, Ephesus, Pergamon, Sardis, Troy, and back to Istanbul. 
or you can separately go to Antalya. Antalya is a beautiful resort town on the Mediterranean coast. And all around Antalya, there are tens of beautiful ancient cities. In southwestern part of Turkey, there is a resort town called Bodrum. And Bodrum is like number one place for the holiday makers from Turkey, for the locals. There's a great deal of nightlife there as well. And the ancient name of Bodrum was Halicarnassus. And that was the birthplace of Herodotus, the historian. And in the southeastern part of Turkey, there is a very popular place called Göbekli Tepe. This is a recent discovery. A German archaeologist discovered this place by coincidence like 25 years ago. And they have been carrying out the excavations there in a hectic way. And they found very interesting 12,000-year-old T-shaped megaliths, gigantic size stels or stones found still erected, making circles. And this new discovery was featured in many international magazines like the National Geographic and some of the magazines would describe this place as the birthplace of religions, the earliest temple in the world, the Garden of Eden. These were the descriptions used for Göbekli Tepe. Of course, in my personal view, Göbekli Tepe is a must-see place in Turkey, maybe top priority place. And Göbekli Tepe is accessible by flight. You can take a flight from Istanbul, from Ankara, from Izmir maybe, to the major city there called as Şanlıurfa. And with one night stay in Şanlıurfa, you can visit the Göbekli Tepe and a few other places. In that area, there is a little town called as Haran. And Haran was the place where once upon a time, Abraham lived for a long while. So Şanlıurfa is also known as the city of prophets. And there is a great deal of religious background in that city as well. Well, how about Turkish cuisine? How well do we know about Turkish cuisine? Turkish cuisine is one of the best in the world, but this is not known much. A wide range of civilizations from history, a variety of styles, and an abundant food supply have all contributed to Turkish cuisine. So it is actually a fusion and refinement of Central Asian, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, Eastern European, and Balkan cuisines. Turkish breakfast is legendary. Or it was the Turks who introduced coffee into Europe. But Turks drink mostly tea rather than coffee. Turkish people love eating offals. Our national drink is rakı, similar to uzo. Rakı goes so well with mezes. Mezes are appetizers cold mezes or hot mezes. We make the best baklava in the world. 40 thin layers of pastry put together with butter inside and pistachio inside. What exactly is kebab? Have you ever tried some of the indigenous wine grapes of Turkey? Some of them are among the oldest grapes in the world. To have a better understanding of Turkish cuisine, I suggest that you watch my Flavors of Anatolia presentation 
with lots of photos and visuals of the food. It is available at my YouTube channel. See you in the next episodes. Stay tuned. Thank you.